Oh, sh and we're back. <laughs> hey. What up, Holmes? <laughs> the timing that was of funny. that was incredible. Yeah, that was great. I think we should just leave it, you know? It yeah, adds yeah, to the ambiance. Um, welcome back to another episode. It's me and Chris. Chris, hey can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, do you have dogs? No. No? No. Have you ever had dogs or like been around them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My cousins are really big dog people and I've like taken care of like f friends' dogs before. Nice. The furry animals. Yeah. I'll beautiful. tell you why I ask because I've noticed this recent... I, so I live with two dogs um, oh, nice. and I have noticed that for some reason, whenever I want to go and pet and cuddle them, I feel the need to like insert my head into their space you know, to like make head contact. So, you know, you put your head on theirs like this. Or while you like cup their face and you're like, oh, he's a good boy. And you put your head into their space. And you don't really do it with other people or other creatures, you know. Well, I don't at least. I don't say hello to my friends and be like, what's up, bro? And just go head first in. Um, but yeah, it was just something that I've noticed that I've been doing. What do you think? Do you think Did that's weird? No, no. I've seen that in like movies, right? It mm. seemed to be like a a way certain cultures shared like affection. You know, they they would touch heads. Have you never seen that before? Oh. Actually, you're right. You go, you know, forehead to forehead like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then... Like just like pressing the whole face. So I feel like yeah. Yeah, if if you're if you're comfortable with it, <laughs> I think it's a nice way to show affection. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should start a trend. You know, um, it's not. You know, I would guess it's probably not the most COVID friendly, being you know face to face. But you know, <laughs> whatever, roll the dice, see what happens. Yeah, I think as long as we're wearing masks, I doubt like the forehead is the most like true dirty place unless like you were always touching it or whatever but yeah you gotta then like wipe your head lick your hand um and then <laughs> you might be in trouble yeah and then wipe <laughs> your head again yeah wipe your head again then you go to the next person super spreader just knocking heads just all around you know <laughs> yeah yeah um, even headbutting might be affectionate like just a good knock to the forehead mm. I yeah, it's always good it. to shake your brain up a bit. Yeah, you right. Know? Just uh, live life. Just pah, live life 365. I think Sweet. it would be good. So that's an interesting Different... observation you've made. Thank you. Um, I think my dogs appreciate it, although sometimes they like move their head out the way and they're like, mm, you know, mm. like, no, leave me or whatever because mm. they're a little bit of a diva sometimes. But uh, I would be hesitant to do it with a cat because cats tend to claw out. Yeah, you know? they're very sensitive. Get a nice, yeah, get a nice three stripe on your face. Um, but you know they're pretty cool too in their own way. I like to refer to my dogs as Zen masters because they're really just like living in the moment, you know, just enjoying life as best they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that so, is one of the beautiful things about animals. Yeah, it really connects you with like just the non-craziness of the human world. Yeah. Um, 
So simple, you know what? so okay. pure. Exactly, so pure. So here's here's a topic for us to discuss. All right. I've been thinking about Greek mythology. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you why. Because you know how like our minds have different parts that often like conf- conflict or fight with each other, right? So like mm. one part of you will be like, oh, you should do this. And then another part will be like, no, 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 no. That's not a good idea. Or, you know, um, I want to do this, but I also want to do that. But I don't know which one wants to do which one more, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of like internal conflict and conflicting emotions and whatever it is. And I was thinking that like in Greek mythology, the different like gods of the pantheon, I think they represent like different emotional states or different like energies that arise in people. And that is one way of conceptualizing what's happening, right? And Mm -hmm. so when they would talk about like the wars that would happen between the gods and people would talk about, you know, being, uh, I don't know what the right verbiage is, but like being overtaken by the energy of Zeus or Athena or this or that and um, being compelled or directed towards doing certain things. I think that that's some form of a conceptualization of what we sort of talk about as like overwhelming emotional states, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's like power or lust or love or, um, you know, whatever else it is. Um, what what are the, you know, gods of, I mean, they had lots of gods, gods of wine, I guess, not really relevant, but. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, you know, also apparent drunk. But even like the yeah, war exactly. thing you said, like just like I guess we call it like cognitive dissonance now. Like that's a popular yeah. psychological term. Yeah, pop culture. But that makes Hashtag. sense. That's a cool. Is, is this something you you read somewhere, or just you kind of like just theorized yourself? No, I've just been thinking about it. Because hmm. um, I've just been thinking about like how we conceptualize ourselves to ourselves, hmm. you know, and how people interpret their changing of emotional and mental states differently um and i was also thinking about how like people talk about getting possessed by like spirits or like demons or whatever it is and like what's actually happening in that moment um and you know it's interesting to like think about how well if you're being possessed by something right could are you also possessed by like a you know an energy of rage sometimes you know people get like overcome with anger and rage and then they do crazy things and then they afterwards they're like mm, that was probably not such a good idea but that they couldn't help it at the time because they were just overcome with that emotion and it doesn't have to be negative it could be joy or whatever it is and so um people talk about like being possessed by things and demons and then then there's this idea of like intrusive thoughts have you heard of that before i mean i guess yeah yeah i've heard of i i can imagine yeah i mean i think yeah it's it's a it's a pretty common occurrence where people like have thoughts that they're like where did that come from (laughs) you know yeah like (laughs) and in some sense, if you act out on that, then that's kind of a possession, right? 
because it it wasn't like the true you it was just like this movement of energy that flowed through you and in a sense like overtook what you were doing and then reacted in a particular way and often it's like aggressive defensive you know like violence or whether it's verbal or physical violence and then afterwards people are like no i mean i didn't mean to you know cut that guy's arm off just kind of happened um that's and then maybe you could say yeah it's a little extreme but you know it's fun and then maybe you could say like if we lived in ancient greek you could be like oh well uh who was the god of war Uh, uh aries Ares, you could be like, oh, well, yeah, Ares was the one who sent this energy to me or who took over and, you know, made me do this kind of thing or Athena or whatever it is for the, is Athena the love one? No, that's Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Aphrodite, yeah. What's, who's Athena? What'd she do again? I think she's like Zeus's kind of like woman. Right. Cool. You know, you know it's interesting. <laughs> you know it's interesting about Greek mythology, and people bring it up in memes a lot these days. Is that Zeus was like quite promiscuous, for lack of a better word. Right. Yeah. Um, he like slept with everyone. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he just made a lot of like half, you know, demigods with some humans, and yeah, <laughs> um, as they say in the meme world, uh, the Greek mythology would be a lot less interesting if Zeus stopped sticking his dick into things. Um, but such is the nature of the world, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a lot, lot of the people... Even a lot of the gods are his kids. True. I mean, he's the OG, you know? Yeah, it's so weird. Um, uh, the, who are the three big daddies? It's Zeus, Hades. I mean, not Hades. No. Zeus, Poseidon, and... Yeah, Hades, the yeah, underworld. Yeah, it is Hades, yeah. Yeah. Those are the three big OGs, you know? Who yeah. would you be if you could be one of them? Poseidon, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Got that waterborne yeah. Uh, spirit. Yeah, I feel like a waterborne spirit, for sure. When you swim, do you like swimming? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. It's a, it's a very strange uh, behavior that we humans do, is we like to just go and chill in water, and then we're like, ah, oh, this is the best, <laughs> and then we just go out again. <laughs> it's no yeah it's true it's true it's very dangerous for us there's uh you can't breathe underwater i know if you swim in the sea there's sharks and shit so that could go wrong um but we're like no i want to go well another one is lying in the sun um just like give me all the sun and then we're like i need to be inside water now but have you heard so there's a theory that like Um, I mean, there's lots of theories about things, but some people say that when you're underwater, it replicates the environment of the womb. And so it like activates a a relaxation um, inside of you. You know, your autonomic nervous system like calms down. And so it induces a state of relaxation, particularly if you're floating. Mm -hmm. Um, And people say that you can even do that just by putting your face into water. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. you know, washing... that's interesting i mean what's your favorite body of water your face is like 90 percent of your entire world (laughs) you know yeah it's like like all of our senses are in like this one space (laughs) 
So I, I would yeah. understand if you would just dunk that part of your body in water, it would just feel like you're completely submerged. So right, you can just that. pretend. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can mm. just be like, Psh, ha. Oh, that's that funny. was a nice dip. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite body of water that you swim in? Rivers, lakes, oceans, swimming pools. <laughs> um, probably the ocean. Hmm. Yeah, definitely an ocean. Lakes swimming are pools are so uh, cold. They sure. are cold, eh? Yeah, you know, lakes are cold. Particularly in this country. Yeah, yeah. And there's not... I like the salt. And I just... I think I like where beaches are. <laughs> you know, they're warmer places. Yeah. And just being on the beach is great, you know? I took a walk in... Um, uh, I went with a friend to Scarborough Bluffs, you know? Which is yeah. this place of, like... Um, I don't know what bluffs are, technically. I think they're just, like, hills. Not hills. I don't know, just like the side of a mountain or something like that. Mm. And it's like on a lake beach because Canada has fake beaches here because there's no ocean, it's just lakes. Um, I mean, they call them beaches still, but you're when you go there and you've been to a real beach, you're like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but don't call it a beach. Just call it the lakeshore or, you know, sitting on the... I suppose you have to say sitting on the beach, but... Um, I mean, I feel like a beach is the sand part and not so much the ocean part. So, mm. But even the sand's fake, right? The sand's definitely fake. Or not fake, but I mean, like, mean? we put it there somehow. Like, I don't think it was, like, just naturally sand. Or am I wrong about that? What, what do you think it was? Well, I, I, I mean, isn't Wasega Beach, like... Like, didn't we do that? Well, I mean, I think there are, like, man-made beaches. But I think for the most part... Sand is like sediment from the ocean, and then when the water recedes a certain amount, like the shore, the bottom of the ocean stays there, and then there's sand. Does do lakes do that? Yeah, sometimes. Oh. Sometimes the lake at the at the edge of the lake, it's like big rocks, right? Yeah, yeah. But That's what I'm kind of used if to. you were to like jump into the lake and swim to the bottom, there'd be sand at the bottom. Oh, it's just true. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then if the water level, like, recedes sufficiently, then there's sand before the water. But man-made beaches are a thing, too. If you could... Okay. You know how you get black sand beaches? Have you seen those? Those are cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You also get, like, pink, I've seen. Um, all different colors. What color beach would you want to be on? Oh, shit. Purple? <laughs> purple. That'd be cool. That would be a cool. Like a deep purple or like a light purple? Mm-mm. Nice. Egg purple. Egg purple. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know people say that purple is the color of God. I've heard people say that before. Yeah. And I'm not sure why, but... I've never heard that before. I think it's the highest vibrating color spectrum what do you mean um it's like that i mean i mean that quite literally it's the highest vibrating color spectrum so like blue is the slowest vibration no sorry red is the slowest vibration and purple is the highest vibration or i guess white light would be i don't really know but like the chakras are also organized like that whereas purple is like you know the supreme consciousness chakra 
Um, but then even so, wait. So, like, what are the colors? Was well, Roy G. Biv right? It's a uh, right. Like if you ever look at like a circle light, and they kind of like squint mm-hmm. your eyes for a bit, you'll see the rainbow radiate off of it. So it'll be red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and then like the shades of indigo and then purple on the farthest. Mm-hmm. And then I guess white, but it's like all the colors. I don't really know. Yeah, that's a good point. So does the do the chakras like line up with the Roy Um Yeah, yeah, it's Roy from the bottom up. Yeah. Because they say, I guess, as you go up, they're like higher vibrate, like even even like I don't, I don't know, consciously or whatever, like each chakra is like kind of a higher level of instinct or whatever. And the bottom being like mm. your sexual instrument instincts and your your survival instincts. And then as you go up, it's like more like human, you know, or divine kind of ideas. Right. Um, so there's you. So so wait. So there's the what are they called? There's the root one. That's the bottom one. Mm-hmm. What right? Mm-hmm. Root red. Mm-hmm. Then there's sacral. Mm-hmm. Um, orange, I guess. Mm-hmm. Then yellow. It would be the solar plexus. Um, solar plexus one. Uh, green, heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, blue. Throat. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there one between the throat and the head? Yeah, the third eye. Oh, yeah. What's that? Like indigo, I guess. And then violet. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, people have lots of like ideas about the shape of the chakras, like how we see them, you know, like internally. Um, some people say like rotating discs. Other people say like spheres of light or like little pinpoints of light. What do you think about that? I think I've always kind of saw them as like balls. Mm. Yeah, like. Is that the spinning sound of the spinning? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Um, I find I can feel it best when I'm chanting. And like intentionally okay. like trying to vibrate chakras, it's actually quite you can really notice it. Like there is some kind of like there's there's like centers, you know, there's like places where sure. like th- this energy coagulates or whatever. Um that's just what I've noticed at least. And so are there different chants for different chakras? No, I find the vibration. It's, it's like pitch, speci- like what pitch you're singing, like how high or low you sing. Hmm. Um, so like the bottom one would be like whoa, lowest like kind, of kind of thing. thing. Yeah. And then as you get higher. How high can you go? How high can I go? I've actually never like measured it, but pretty, pretty high actually. I don't know if the mic even picked that up. That was so high. Oh, you know, I heard it. I heard it. Oh, you heard it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, pretty high. But I, I can also do like overtones, overtone singing. What's that? Um, I think I can just show you. But basically like 
I sing a fundamental pitch, which would be like, and then I change the shape of my mouth and I isolate um, higher frequencies. I'll show you, it'll make sense. Do you hear any of that? Yeah, I heard all of it. That was cool. Right. So when yeah. you say you change the shape of your mouth, what what do you mean? Like like opening your lips, or is it like your tongue, or is it just all of it? Airways? Yeah, it's a bit of everything. So like, there's a few things. There's like three things that can change it. There's the vowels. So this is easiest to hear. You'll kind of hear like the the um, overtones that get isolated go from low to high. Um, it sounds better with just air. Mm. You hear that? That was cool. Yeah. Those are all like different pitches. Those are specific pitches. Yeah. Got a bit grumbly at the end. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so the vowel is one of them. Yeah. And then um, just like how you open or close the back of your throat. Like a like a sing. You know that ng sound. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of them. And then and then your yeah. tongue's another thing. Yeah, your tongue's another thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> supposedly, supposedly, yeah. the overtones can vibrate certain parts of your brain and reawaken your pineal gland nice which is like also known as your third eye right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um now in terms of that is that how what's your experience of like the pineal gland being linked to like um imagination in terms of like visualization i have no idea no i think it's kind of like a like, it's cool to think about it and know that, like, mm. there's, like, a specific part of the brain that might, you know, do that. But, you know, the best way to, like, practice visualization or get better at it or is just to use it, right? It's just to visualize things. It's just, like, imagine things and feel things like that. Um, but yeah. in respect to the brain... I've only had one experience where I've like felt my brain in a weird way. Okay. I was What happened? I was at I was at a where was I? I was at a place. I was at a cottage. I was at a cottage with okay. some friends. And we did we did a bit of mushrooms. I think I did quite a bit. I think I did like 2.5. But it wasn't like it was a very outward one where I was just like 
interacting with my friends and my friend had a guitar and we were just kind of like sitting in the sun, the sun and making different noises and singing songs and stuff. And nice. there was this one moment where I was just kind of compelled to like make a sound, just sing the sound just felt right. And mm -hmm. it felt it felt as if I was vibrating my brain. Like I felt kind of dust shake off of my brain. Oh, that's it was, cool. Yeah, it was really sick. It was really, really cool. Did, and then it was just like, like momentary? Yeah, yeah. It was like, I mean, that's the best way to explain it is like a, I sang this note and as I was singing it, it was like vibrating my head and then it just... And it's as if like all this dust got shook off and then I could like, it just felt clear. It was really cool. And then did you like get, did that maintain afterwards? Like, did you feel that clarity and um, refreshment after, like for a while afterwards? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, well, at least for like the rest of the day, you know? Right. At least for the rest, like it was like really noticeable. And I don't know if it was like, it made a permanent change. I mean, I think it definitely made a permanent change. But again, I had like other bad habits that I think yeah. got in the way Shit after. Happens. Right, yeah. Yeah. But still a cool experience. Yeah, it's definitely reminded me that like yeah, the voice like reveals something, you know? It reveals the spoken something. voice. Yeah. 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 And there's it does just have like great power. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interconnected with that. Like the, the sound of it and the, the words we're speaking and the meaning behind, like they're, they're all kind of like one thing, you know? And yeah. plus the fact that it's like, they're, 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 they're archetypes. You know, we didn't invent letters we invented the written mm. letter but the sound the reality right. of the sound is something that that it was is just there you know yeah it's primordial it's primordial exactly yeah 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 like the schumann resonance frequency you never heard of that what that's is that? the so if i'm not mistaken um the universe has a certain vibrational frequency that underlies uh, all of existence mm. and it can be transformed into an audible sound that we can hear so most of the time you obviously don't hear it um, otherwise you wouldn't hear anything else but uh, so supposedly you know all matter like vibrates at a particular frequency and using certain instruments and I, I can't remember what the exact like frequency range of it is but when you play that and you listen to it it can like synchronize your brain with the frequency of the universe and it gives you that sense of connectedness and oneness yeah. um i've actually because i listen to some like um like binaural beats or whatever when i'm meditating and i've uh, listened to that a few times and it's really cool because what happens is, at least in my experience, is that if you stay still, I lie down because um, my back 
I get if I if I sit to meditate, I find that all my concentration just goes into trying to stay upright and not slumping. You know. Yeah. Um, no. Quick point is that's the that's the point of yoga, is to be able to sit straight. Right. Right. We forget you mean? that. Like yoga, like the physical practice of asanas of movements. Yeah. The whole point is to get your body to be able to sit for meditation. Mm. It's like the third because yoga is like this eight-part system, and the yeah. physical movement, the asanas, are the third, right? And then the, the next five are like different levels of meditation. And so there's this whole section dedicated to just being able to sit straight, so you can meditate. So it's it's a very integral part and difficult thing to to achieve. Also, that's very interesting because yeah, because I find it very difficult to sit like you know back straight mm -hmm. head over like straight spine or whatever it is um and then keep that for like an extended period of time without it being uncomfortable or you know um painful because what happens is my natural like bad posture kicks in and i like you know my shoulders curl in and my head comes forward and i'm like Meh. um but so I guess that makes sense because a lot of the yoga practice is about like flexibility in the spine, strengthening the spine, straightening shit out, stretching out, you know, mm -hmm. um, different positions of maintaining core balance. So that makes a lot of sense. Do you think yeah. it makes a difference if you meditate sitting down or lying down? Um, I, I mean, I don't think... Like fundamentally, there's a different, like, you know what I mean? Like it, for the levels of meditation that I think we're aiming at, which is just to calm the mind, mm. usually, I think the majority of us, I don't think it makes a difference. The reason they don't recommend lying down in like, in like yogic practices is because the goal is to like remain in like deep meditation for like three to five hours. You can't do that lying down. You're going to fall asleep. <laughs> right. right? The, the, the lying down is too much of a relaxed position for it to be useful for that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Whereas hmm. sitting up, like you're still very alert like that with your back straight, right. you know. And if you can lock yourself into it, you're most likely not going to fall asleep. It's a tough thing, man, It's because everything needs to be stretched. Your spine, your back, your gut needs to be relieved of tensions because that can get in the way. Your legs, your hips. It's like, oh, my gosh, I still can't do it. I can't I can't sit up straight very, very for very long yeah. at all. Which is That's like interesting. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I find, well, I guess I'm lucky in the sense of like I can't fall asleep on my back just about. Oh, okay. So I can like lie down for like two hours and not cool. fall asleep if i'm on my back if i'm on my stomach then i'll be asleep mm -hmm. but okay um yeah. and i you know i i see that most people if they just lie on their back they're like oh, wake up <laughs> like is meditation finished <laughs> you're like i missed it exactly. that's funny um but that's cool so yeah i mean if it works for you it works for you yeah yeah i guess it de you're right though. it depends on what you're trying to do when you're meditating right and like what if there's something you're trying to achieve 
And if it's primarily to like quieten the mind and um, just remain in a state of like alert relaxation, then if you can stay awake, then it doesn't really matter what position you're in. You know, you could even do it walking. Um, Mm. They talk about like walking meditations. Yoga is a kind of meditation like that sometimes where it's like very strenuous, but there's intense focus on just what you're doing and how it feels and the you know sensations in the body um and so i think that's a very quite mind quietening can be i guess experience um as well like you can do it with just about anything and then for me like the always the goal of meditation was not the meditation itself but the ability to put it into practice in everyday life so that mm. when i'm just moving about in the world interacting with people i can have that state of like you know relaxed attention um without like mental commentary and judgment and all sorts of like mind chaos or emotional chaos happening at the same time but still be interactive in the world you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me like that was the goal of it rather than um just the meditation itself um, right, right. But I don't know. I guess, you know, the good part about it is you get to be subjective. So you get to do whatever works for you. Um, mm-hmm. Find which, like, which, if any, breath work works, um, position-wise, activity-wise, time-wise, you know. Like, mm-hmm. however you figure out what works best for you, like, that's how I would say you should keep doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, do you, been... what do you like to do? I recently started doing Qigong and I like it. What's that? It's, it's, um, it's a Chinese kind of energy practice. So like in a sense, it's like yoga because it has like movements and positions, you know, there's like a deer one and, and I mean, there's thousands of them and, um, it's like a very general name for a very large thing like tai chi is part of qigong where it's like this right movement right but t- tai chi is like a martial art but i found this book recently there's this um woman on youtube and mm. i forget her name right now um but i'm sure i'll remember it but I, I bought her book and it's just, it's been really cool. I, I, oh, her name's Mimi, Mimi Quo Deemer. And, um, how do you spell that? So M I M I, K U O slash D E E M E R. Um, but I like it. I like it. it works for me in regards to like compared to yoga because yoga for me is like too strenuous. Um, right. And I find honestly, it's like too intense for me to like for it to be relaxing. Mm. My muscles aren't that stretchy, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But Qigong has been really cool because I find it still like opens me up. Like I can mm. release like a lot of body tension um, and I feel very in touch. Like my body and my breath have like feel closer together than when I do yoga. 
Right. Because um, it's definitely so, like smaller movements. Is it like holding positions for extended periods of time or is it more flowy? It's definitely more flowy. It's, yeah, more flowy. There's not a lot of hold. They, they do have some holding positions, um, but it's definitely more flowy in general, yeah. So do you I'm do it just on YouTube with Mimi and she just guides you through like how to move and yeah. things like that? Yeah, exactly. That's cool. And you found it helpful? Yeah, I found it great. I really enjoyed it. Um, How often do you I do it? Every day, every morning. I've been doing it for about like oh. two weeks now. And slowly cool. like I'm learning more things. And it's like organized seasonally. So it's like each season there's like a kind of like a different um, focus, mm. you know. And I've always been fascinated with the Chinese medicine um, and just philosophy, you know. Yeah. The Tao Te Ching and the, the meridians and... That, that's always been very resonant with me. Mm-hmm. And and I've had a bit of experience with it. So it's like, like I feel like I understand it better than like Indian um, medicine, like Ayurvedic mm-hmm. medicine. Not, not Nothing against it. I'm sure it's just as fantastic. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah so it's I wonder even, what's happening like in China or in like that those parts of the world where they're trying to like integrate like ancient medicine with like western medicine or biomedicine i suppose it's called mm. um, and how they're like managing to do that because i know that there's been like a bunch of studies like scientific scientific studies on um, acupuncture or acupressure mm. and you know that whole like movement of things um which is great because then people can get the benefit of both right um, but I, I, I guess at least here, like in Canada, it's still primarily divided where you can either go to a doctor or you go to a Chinese medicine specialist. Um, and the ways of treating things are different. Like, it's cool. I've seen a Chinese, uh, what are they called? TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. And, uh, like the way they diagnose things is really cool. Like they you know, stick your tongue out and uh, and they like diagnose shit according to all sorts of things on your tongue. Mm-hmm. They like feel things in your hand. Like you can diagnose according to like your heart, the rhythm of your heartbeat. So like they're trained to like feel different pulsations or um, things like that. Like just shit that, you know, like biomedicine just hasn't got to yet or they're not doing it. You know, they do other things. They'll like look inside of you and take x-rays and do cool yeah. things like that. Um, which is great because, you know, um, I don't know if like in TCM they can set bones and do surgeries and things like that. So there's definitely a place for, for both in the Mm -hmm. world. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it it is, it's just, it's, it's interesting to have an experience of like going to a Chinese medicine doctor because it, it's just a different approach to everything, right? They're much more holistic, they treat they treat you as like a person rather than treating the condition or a symptom that the person has, right? So it's like maybe your energy pathways are blocked or um, something this or that. You know, like the meridian thing, it's linked to different organs and there's different symptoms of you know disorders according to what's going well or not so well. 
And what's crazy is that like, I mean, not crazy, but it's just, it's a, it's been a practice for like thousands of years, right? Yeah. And so there've been people who have been trained in it every generation, like masters and who continue to um, practice and teach and help people. And I mean, there's obviously something to it. Otherwise it would have stopped a long time ago. You know, if it didn't work, I mean, at some point someone would have been like, um, let's just call it, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) it's not like a new thing that people are like, Oh, I'll try this. It's like, no, no, no. Like people have been using this to treat them. And I think it's true of all like, um, quote unquote, ancient, ancient medicine. Right. Like, as you say, like there's the Indian one, then you get like, uh, traditional, like native medicines, particularly mm. like they do like plant medicine stuff. Um, and I'm sure most cultures, I don't know about most, but many cultures that are age old cultures, um, have that kind of thing. But you know, it's interesting. I just thought about this, uh, Judaism, um, cause I'm a Jew represent, you know, um, it's a pretty old culture. It's, you mm-hmm. know, five and a half, 6,000 years old at least. And there's no medical, like, part of it for some reason. At least not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm sure there's talk about medicine and health and healing and things like that. I mean, there is, right? But it's not in the, like, mm, kind of medical sense that we think of where uh, they are, like, doctors or specialists, you know? It's mostly just like a religious wisdom teaching that gets passed down. Whereas like on the Chinese side or the Indian side, there's the wisdom tradition. And then there's also the like, you know, cultural like um, traditions of like the medicine and the um, all the energy systems and that, that kind of thing. So I wonder, it's just interesting to think about, you know? Yeah, I didn't really notice that before. I mean, happy like, Easter, by the way. Oh yeah, thanks. Happy <laughs> Easter to you too. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to you know the East the Easter celebrations. Yes. Um, hunt some eggs, whatever. Yes. Spend time. With Do you know family. why they why are their eggs relevant to Easter? Do you know? I have no idea. I have no idea. No. Um, I mean, probably because somehow the bunny got connected to it, and bunnies. Wait, no, right. bunnies don't even make eggs. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. I mean it's about you know the resurrection, well the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, and then also about some eggs. Um, Whack! I mean, I eggs mean, I guess are pretty could, cool, but yeah, eggs are pretty <laughs> cool. Maybe like I guess we could add some symbolism to it to be like they're symbolic of life, you know? For sure, yeah. For um, sure. like in Judaism, they do that sometimes. The egg is the. Uh, it's a symbol of life. They also have round bread to symbolize that sometimes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's regular bread. They just shape it. Shape in it a round, yeah. Circle, oh. yeah. You, I mean, yeah. It's not its own thing. <laughs> that would be funny. Do you want some round bread? Like a frisbee throw. Is it kind of like just like a circle pretzel? Or is it more like bread? No, it's... So have you ever seen like... um, So... On uh, Friday nights, there's like a traditional bread called a challah, um, mm. which is like woven. They like weave it so that it looks like a braid. Right. Um, so good. I've eaten that before. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really good. It's actually like egg. It's an egg bread. So yeah. not all bread has egg in it, but this one does. And then when they make the circle ones, they basically do, they make that kind of thing, but then they shape it into a circle. Oh, I so see. it's roughly the same thing. It's just circular. Hala, um, hala. Still good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, no, you know what? Do they braid it into a circle or do they just shape it into a circle? That's a good question. I don't know. I got some Jews to ask. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Looking forward. Anyway. Looking forward to yeah. the update. How how are your Easter celebrations? Good. Yeah. yeah what do you fine. do? They were good. I just went over to my grandparents' house. Um, nice. Spend time with fam. Yeah. It, both of them have like half of the COVID um, vaccine vaccine not the, the, the yeah. yeah they have the vaccine so they're still waiting on the second part of it um, right so yeah we were That's just good. we were just hanging out eating food it was a beautiful day i think it was a saturday or something it was just like stunning nice. it was so warm so we're yeah. outside. it's about bloody time you know yeah i feel like this happens with the weather in canada every time it reaches march or april i'm just like it just needs to warm up now like mm-hmm. i know it's going to get cold again but just like I, it would warm. be nice if it was like 10 degrees warmer just so yeah. that we can sit outside. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, just it, for that. Just, I, I just want to eat outside. I just want to right. sip my coffee outside. I just yeah, that cr- ice cr- wind cr- is piercing. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. That shit will freeze your brain. <laughs> and you have to sing. What's the coldest you've ever been in? Like the coldest weather temperature. I don't know. I think I don't know. Like Canadian, like minus fifteen or something. I don't think I've been anywhere colder than Canada. No, no, I didn't mean like a place specifically. I just meant more like what temperature. Because mm. I remember when um, I am emig- when we emigrated with my family to Canada. Um, so it was just after I finished high school, and so I was going into university, and I moved into the residence at university halfway through the year so it was in um january for the so it was for the second semester so i lived at home for the first semester and the day that i was moving into residence um it was like negative 30 and with a wind chill it felt like minus 40 and it was just (laughs) ridiculous welcome to Canada. (laughs) yeah and that was that was our that was my first winter like real winter because in south africa the winters you know um, above zero most of the time so it's like a different story but you feel that shit and I had to move furniture and we had to do all that kind of stuff and it was rough um, but it was okay but it's just like you can't what I mean I feel like your mind just stops working when it's that cold and you're just like uh, and you just suffer um, in that moment where this you know mental noise shuts down and you're just like, this is so cold. And everything just kind of like slows down. Um, it's a pretty wild experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Your eyeballs freeze. I remember that. Uh, it feels eyeballs? like it at least. They don't Jeez. really, but it feels like it. Um, <laughs> do you know who Wim Hof is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Wim Hof, um, for anyone who doesn't know, is the guy who, he's the ice man. And he like, he's mastered the cold basically, and he uses breathwork primarily to do that. And that 
he like climbs mountains. I think he climbed Everest in his shorts. Yeah. yeah. And he took a group of people or numerous groups of people. So it's not just like he's some guy who can do these magical things. He just teaches people how to do it and it's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and so there's a story of uh, when he, one, t- one time he was trying to break the world record for the furthest distance swum underneath a sheet of ice, right? Uh, which is, I mean, I you know, everyone's got their achievements and he was like, this sounds good, I can do this. Um, everyone else was in like, the you know Canada geese jackets and f- just like shaking you know the cameraman were probably like uh, like you know trying to focus um, and he was just in his like shorts and he jumped into an ice they like cut a hole in the ice two holes like the distance that he had to swim but the deal with it was that it was like free swimming so. Um, he wasn't like on wires or attached to anything. There were divers in the water like for safety. But anyway, so what happened was when he was doing it, um, as he like started to swim in these like Arctic waters, his retinas froze because he wasn't wearing goggles. Or maybe the water got into his goggles or something and his retinas froze and he couldn't see, like his vision stopped working, right? And so now he's swimming under the ice with no vision and i mean can you imagine something more like scary than that <laughs> have I you heard the story before yeah, yeah yeah and wild it's so crazy now he was like oh okay i mean when he recounts the story he's like all right i'm just gonna swim uh he knows how many strokes he has to take basically uh before he reaches the hole and then so he did that but then when he like reached up, it wasn't there. So he like tried to backtrack. Um, and then he, he basically like couldn't find the hole. And he describes this moment of like where he basically realized like, oh, I'm going to die. He didn't. But he, there was a, a, a few moments of like, this is the end. Right. Um, and for him, he said the experience was um, just completely peaceful. He was like, in that acceptance of what was happening, you know, there was no panic, there was no suffering. He he had just there was just like an acceptance of what's happening, right? And then a diver grabbed him and pulled him, and so he did survive. Um, but you know, the main point of that story was that your eyes can freeze if it gets too cold, and that would suck. <laughs> yeah, but that takes really severe conditions, I think. Yeah. People do crazy things, man, like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, David Blaine is one of my favorite people in the world because his, like, performances of, like, human endurance are just, like, unparalleled. And he just survives. And I'm just, like, just, you know, that's that's super cool. To me, that's, like, more impressive than his, like, illusions because he's, like, really testing the feet of humanity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to do it but I also kind of am like mm, it's not really my type I like you know uh, if you, I'm like, more you know, like if it doesn't, you don't need to do anything other people can no, prove it for you yeah. you know yeah, it's like oh you like, do oh, that yeah. oh shit look I can do that too that's awesome I could oh, probably do that too if I trained you know yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> give me a year you know <laughs> like oh 
you want to be in the Olympics, just give me a, just give me some time, you know, just loosen up a bit, get some training in, and then I'll, you know, perform at optimum human level functioning. <laughs> when are the next Olympics? When are the next Olympics? Good question. I think that they were cancelled because of the COVID, oh. and so they're probably on hold until, um, I don't know, at some point when it's deemed safe to host again. Right. It was supposed to be this year, wasn't it? Or last year, yeah. 2020. Last year, Tokyo. Right. And I think that they had planned to continue going through with it until like a week before when everyone was just like, uh-uh. And then, so yeah, I mean, you know, for the athletes, I, f- I feel for them because they have to now like go through all tra- more training cycles and conditioning cycles and, you know, they were ready to be there and then now they're like, nope, indefinite amount of time in the future, you will start again. Yeah, um, sucks. But, you know, things are looking up, I would say, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get worse. I don't think well, they're going to get Yeah, like, I hope so. Incredibly worse, you know. It'll just take How many a keyboards while. How many keyboards can you play at once? Well, two, yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried Do you do two have, at once? Like I don't Yeah, 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 I do this all the time. Like now that I'm now that I have it set up like this, I just bought this new stand so I can keep them both yeah. hanging out. And yeah, no, it works. You can play chords here or melodies here or, ba- or like bass lines here and stuff. You know what I mean? It's really cool. It's quite fun. That's super cool. Yeah. How do you, I mean, I can't wrap my head around my hands doing, my two hands doing different things at the same time. No, I get that. That I know what's happening with both of them. I mean, I guess it's a practice thing, but. Yeah, I have no um, idea. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I, I I remember when I was first doing it, and how hard it was. Yeah, but then I just forgot. I don't know. It's just like one day <laughs> you can do it, and you're right. like, oh, okay, I can do it. And then once the thought is gone, once that thought is gone, like it's hard, then then you're fine, you know, you know, because right, that's usually the it. biggest obstacles to anything we do mm. is like our thoughts being like, oh, I can't do this, or this is too hard, or blah 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 blah, right. So once that was gone and I was like eight or seven, I haven't really thought about it since. What's your, what's your earliest memory? Do you have an early memory? Yeah. Yeah. A few. See the thing. I don't know. I, number one, I can't organize them. Like, I don't know. I was three here or I was four here or whatever. Mm. I remember being in like my, my first house like sitting on the couch or whatever. Like I remember these things. I remember eating breakfast. Like I remember what everything looks like. But again, I, I don't know how old I was. <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm just dying of choked on water. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your story. No, it's all good. That was, was an interesting question. Uh, yeah, you yes, remember, I remember being in your house? I remember being born. Sorry. Eating breakfast. You remember being birthed. Yeah, I remember seeing the light. <coughs> what was in the light? The doctor's hands just grabbing you and pulling yeah. you out. Yeah. What a great moment. Yeah, it was awesome. The world was like, was I'm back, bitches. Yeah. Holla. Holla. <coughs> it's a great first word to uh, 
the first sentence to come out. You pop out the womb and you're like, I'm back. Guess what's up? You know, what are we doing today? Like, you know, what's going on? That That's pretty much cool. how it went. Yeah. Um, sorry, I derailed your story with my, you know, coughing uh, situation. <laughs> I asked the question because, like, I don't have a lot of um, early memories for some reason. And so I'm always interested to uh, hear how far back people can remember. Like, my sister's really good at it. She can remember shit from when she was, like, really young as well. Um, but for me, I'm like, the memories I have are kind of, like, based in stories that I've been told or pictures that I've seen. Right, and I, right. I, I can animate them uh, mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. like being in the garden with the dogs or at being in certain houses or whatever it is. Um, yeah, but uh, luckily when I started coughing, I lost my train of thought completely. So um, here we are. I feel like a failure of a human when I choke on water a little bit because uh, I'm like, I should know how to swallow and breathe and not breathe while I'm doing that. And yet sometimes my body just breathes when there's water and then we're like, no, 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 no. This was a bad idea. Don't, don't put so much pressure no. on yourself. It's, no, no, we I have no just, idea how this works. It's momentary. Yeah. We have no true. idea how this works. It's not, it's fine. Swallow. It's worse swallow. when it's just on like spit because then you're not even doing anything except just being and all of a sudden, <laughs> you're, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're killing yourself. <laughs> all right. Sometimes sad. when I'm walking, one of my legs just like temporarily gives out. And so mm. I have a little like wobble and I'm like, that was just a bad malfunction, you know? Yeah, no, I've been there. yeah. I've been there. Um, it feels very silly. Yeah, I'm not like critical of myself, but I do feel like that shit shouldn't happen. Mm. <laughs> um, it's a silly thing. yeah. Or when people thing. like people eat too quickly and then they forget to breathe, and then you know they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they keep eating. They're like, oh yeah. I forgot I also I've have to I've never breathe. seen that. Are you serious? Yeah, it happens. Um, and I've never seen I've never seen it. Why aren't you breathing in your nose? I don't get that. I don't know. I've just witnessed it a few times. People just like nom, 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 And then they, there's like a moment of pause. And then, and then, you know, they just keep eating. Like, they don't process it most of the time. But if you watch it happen, it's very amusing. That's that's, that's funny. You've yeah. never seen that. Lots of people try to talk when they eat and end up choking. And yeah. I'm always like, you should you should know better. You're an adult. That's Get a it together. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, we're, we're, always, we're always pretty busy when we eat. We're always pretty busy. True. When I was doing the Vipassana meditation, we had to eat in mm. silence. That's a strange thing. Oh, yeah. But it's quite nice. It's also quite nice, you know, because I find right. like it's honestly, it's like, yeah, no, it's really nice to like just completely pay attention to like your food and just like the moment while you're eating. It's like really nice. 
you know you can really right. relax once you get past yeah once you yeah get once past you get the, past like, awkwardness exactly right and plus like we all have to do that so it's not just like i'm the only one not talking <laughs> like we all have to stay right. quiet so it's just like yeah we get it you know so you share glances and stuff like that but otherwise it's, it's pretty was this cool. like on a retreat yeah yeah how long was it for i went for a couple days five days no speaking five days yeah, no speaking how how did it go it's really cool it yeah, sucks sure. most of the time but it's cool it sucks not to be able to speak um well like you can't do anything you can't write you can't listen to music you know all you're mm. doing all day is meditating you know um Intense. like so th that can get boring but like that's part of it is like the boredom but then there's also like these really cool moments in it like really nice moments in it so it's 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 like this like vibration right but i found after was like the best part like right mm. after i've never been more relaxed in my life and then it was like the first time i realized that like most of the shit i do causes me stress like the way yeah. I was thinking and just like, again, always being distracted, like always doing like more than one thing at a time, you know, even if it's subtle, yeah, definitely. it's like, and it causes like, most of our suffering yeah. is from our own thoughts. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Once you just like, let them just kind of like flow away. It's like really yeah. nice. Just to be That's present. That's true. I would love to do something like that. I think it's a really cool thing. Probably yeah. difficult, but it's good to experience new things, you know? Yeah, exactly. And five days is like the middle. They offer like three-day ones as well, like a weekend. The food's great. Super comfy beds. I'll, I'll let you know. It's in Toronto. It's on like uh, St. Clair West and Bloor or something like that. Oh, cool. Oh, you don't... It's not like a retreat like in the woods. No, no. They just like... They have this house. So like while you're meditating, you're watching people go to work and come back from work and school buses come and it's interesting that's it's a cool, cool experience yeah i'm sure that's a great experience like in addition to like being in nature by yourself you know where there are like, totally. different vibes of like yeah. watching the world go by mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah all right man well um thank you as always mm -hmm. i think we can wrap up for the day Sounds good. My Go pleasure. jam some music. Um, oh, yeah. Chai gong. Can you do a move for us quick? What's a like what? one of the moves? Like a chai gong move, you know? Oh, oh, chi gong. Chi gong, sorry. Not like chai tea. Like, uh... What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we this go. Is, this is all the space Strap in. This is the one I was, this is the one I learned today. So you, you chill out, you chill out, right? I'll do that like an angle. Chill out, mm. right? You just chilling. Hands here, and this is like it's like this standing position where you mm. just gently kind of like feel your breath move in and out, right? And then this one, oh yeah, this one's kind of cool. This one's kind of cool. So it's called opening the gates. So you, mm. you breathe in, and you press your elbows back, and then as you breathe out, you reach forward. Kind of do it like that. It feels like nice cracks. And then you just like. And it's like, if you really get into it, it's like starts to stretch your spine and, and, and whatnot. But then there's just like general ones. Yeah. 
I'm definitely going to do it today. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, I'll send you one of our videos and you can check it out. Oh, sweet. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next week. See you guys. Bye.